What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Women Effect Show presented by Winject Studios. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. Really excited and blessed to have you here for the first time. The outcome of this show is to inspire and help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How I go about achieving this is with my philosophy, one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, and that only leads to you adopt the proper behaviors that will take you to another level of thinking. For today's episode, I'm going to share a deep conversation I had with a good friend of mine, Marty Ray. We covered quite a bit, and I'm honored to capture so many things about his music, life, and most importantly, a rare story about the legendary B.B. King. In my opinion, his music only scratches the surface of the person he is, and I hope to share a glimpse of that with all of you. Lastly, text us at 843-396-2104 and let us know how you felt about today's episode. Stand by for a quick message and let's have some fun. This broadcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there. Cuzzo, welcome to the show, my man. What's going on? What up, cousin? Chilling. You like... Best bearded cousin. <laughs> I know, right? I told you, man. I cut it off, and that was the worst decision ever. I felt Ew. like a woman <laughs> afterwards. Ew. I was like, what happened? There's my face. Yeah, I I questioned whether you were a man or not when you got <laughs> when you called me after you cut it. Yeah, like, that's not yeah. <laughs> is this Christy? <laughs> uh that's actually a funny story. My mom. That when my when I was um when mom was pregnant with me, they thought I was going to be a girl. So my name was like I think it was Crystal or Christina or whatever the freak. And then I ended up popping out and I was a boy. And they're like, oh, there he is. So they Funny didn't want to know. Story. When I came out, <laughs> they thought I still was a girl. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. It's <laughs> like how did that happen? Because <laughs> the Ray curse. Right. You know, the Ray curse is. Anyway, I won't get into that. But, uh, yeah, that's one hell of a way to start off a podcast show, man. But I, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really excited to have you on. I mean, we, we of course we have all the conversations, but recording this for the many, many listeners that tune into the Women of Fats and also in your show that you have and you co-host with Steve and, and great content. You have connections go for days. Um, I connected you a good friend of mine, Jess Lee. Going to do some collaboration with that. I can't wait to see what comes out in the back end of that. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, I can't wait for all this this COVID stuff to stop, so that way I can do what I do normally and travel and bounce around and do different things. But I appreciate you coming on, man. Let's have let's have some fun. I can't wait to see you again, cousin, in the states. Right, I just got to get. I got to get back. I got to get back. So it's gonna happen soon. So, um, God willing, and if just all this COVID stuff and everything, everybody gets a little. I guess the vaccine. Are y'all doing a bunch of vaccine stuff? Yeah, they are here yeah. there's there's a bunch of vaccine stuff going on here yeah okay i got you so 
main thing, obviously, there's a lot of things that we can cover, right? But for the most part, I guess, you know, we got over what million something people worldwide that tune in and, and, and stream your music. And, and that's something that we were kind of like having a conversation about how to leverage podcasting to not just increase your listenership on your show. Obviously, you're going to be one of the one of the ones that we're going to be featuring on Winject Studios, which I'm really excited about getting you more eyeballs on your show and your information and all the things that you do. But I guess for the most part, I, mean, I guess we can kind of lean into this as you being an art, like a country star and a country artist, right? And have an amazing voice, great talent that puts someone like you in a really tough position when you're trying to get, I guess, driving people to one spot in this weird and unprecedented times, right? So like, how are you kind of adapting and, and getting yourself, well, going through these and navigating through these waters? Well, first of all, first off, I'm not really a country artist. Right. Um, I only, I've actually only released one country album, and that was because they told me to. They, yeah. People, people told me because of the way I looked, that I better be country music, and I was like, well, that ain't what I grew up on. So, right, folk I grew up on soul and gospel music. And, yeah. But people do think I'm country just because of my beard and. And I'm cornbread fed, fat guy with a bald head. <laughs> right. They tend yeah. to think, you know, he's holding an acoustic guitar. He must be country. You wouldn't believe the comments I get on uh, Ice Ice Baby and on One Day, which is clearly heavily, well, One Day and No Woman No Cries, 100% reggae. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ice Ice Baby, the way I did it, was inspired by reggae. So, but you won't believe the comments that I get where people go, I never thought I would have liked this country. Wow. I like it. I, I think I like country. And I'm like, you, you still don't know if you like country because you still, that you ain't heard country. Mm -hmm. if, if you're, if you're listening to me now, I do, I do some country music. I'm not against country music. I like it. But as far as being an artist, I don't put myself in no box. You know what I mean? That's good though. I like I like that you said that because it, you know it's really difficult because then you it limits, I guess you would say the opportunities and the things that you can, you know, do with your music. And I guess it would kind of, it would put you also in a box and and kind of like put a blanket over top of your creativity. And that's what I one thing I love about a lot of your your music. I think you did um the Guns and Roses, one that knocking on heaven's door. Well, yeah, you said Guns N' Roses. I was like, I haven't done Guns N' Roses. Yeah, no, yeah, no, Bob yeah. Dylan. Right, yeah, there you go. So um, that was one of my favorite ones you did. I was like, man, this guy's speaking my, like, <laughs> it's my freaking playlist. I was like, man, this is great. So, but that's, I mean, that's the whole thing though. It's like, where do you drive them? You know what I mean? So if you're driving them from there, is that that's why you came out with the podcast show? Or I mean, like, what what no. was your thought process behind it? The podcast, I actually was podcasting way before I ever had a music fan. Mm -hmm. Way before I ever said I'm gonna go and and do what God put me here to do, and that's music. I before any of that, I, I podcasted, and that was back in 2007. Before right. before you had a podcast, before right. <laughs> the majority of the world had a podcast, Marty Ray. Before Joe Rogan, Marty Ray had a podcast, and mm -hmm. I actually named it Mem Nash Radio, Memphis Nashville Radio, because I had to fool people into thinking it was a radio station so that they would come on the show. Mm. You see, because when I would say, I would say, Hey, come be on the podcast. They would be like a pod. What? 
Like, and what is that? Say, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to explain what it was. And eventually, I just said, hey, come come be on the uh, the radio show. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up getting Darius Rucker on the show back then. I had no fans at all. Great guy. Great yeah, guy. he's awesome. And, uh, but yeah, so podcasting has always been my dream. I saw it way back then. I said, this is the wave of the future. This right here will take over the world. I should have jumped back on the wave. But what happened was, I, like you know, my show now, the Marty Ray Project Chats, mm-hmm. I have a co-host, and I, I enjoy that type of energy, having a co-host. Yeah. Like, if you and me had a podcast together, that'd be great, right? Because we got good synergy. You know, yeah. Chris and I have the same type of synergy. It's a funny type. It's fun. So, like, back then, I was doing the same thing, but the co-host kept quitting. So, the whole load of everything was on me. And yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of pressure because you can't really, you, it's, I need someone to be able to jive off of, you know, and, and, you know, that, that's something I love that you said that is the energy is transferring energy into someone else and feeding off of that and then turning it up a couple, I turn it up a couple of notches when I'm having conversations with people because I'm a people person. I love people, but you put me on a, like the show, the, the women effect that when we came out with this show, I've been asked for years to do a podcast. I'm like, man, I got time for it, man. I was doing different things in business, which I've had great success and I'm so blessed, but me putting a microphone in my face and me just talking about what I do. I, uh, I was like, there's so many different directions. <laughs> there's so much to talk about. What you got to give me something to talk about? So, but putting, per, putting, uh, putting a person like you with me or me interviewing people, that's what I do. I love people and all. I can have a really impactful conversation because it's not just me and you having a conversation. It is, but there there's people tuning in and those people tuning in need to hear it. And that that's what it's all about. But it's being conscious of that, but you, you being kind of the person you are and, and having a bunch of different co-hosts and telling people, Hey, it's not a pot. You know, it was a radio station <laughs> coming for the radio show. That definitely did help. And, that, and that's really cool that you do it that way. But now you would see what the podcasters are taking it from the podcasting, going to multiple different revenue streams with studios or, I mean, I never, you would ask me a year ago, bro, a year ago, you'd ask said, you're going to own a podcasting network. I'm like, you've lost your mind. <laughs> I was like, nope, nope. It wouldn't happen. But I see you going to a lot of other stuff as well. A lot of other shows. No, that's that. That's I've always done that. I've always went on podcasts, and uh, like I was saying, I, I my dream growing up was to have my own talk show someday, like like Howard Stern. So mm-hmm. that's where podcasting came in. But at, I was saying, like the co-host kept quitting, so eventually I started doing music, started putting music videos out. Mm-hmm. One of those took off, so I gave up on the podcast because they gave up on it. So I said, well. I'll just revisit it at a later date. I took too long. I should have revisited it uh, it way sooner than I did this new one. This new one's in like episode 38 or something. But uh, anyway, it is what it is. But you said, where am I driving those people? I'm mainly trying to get people to my website so that I can get them on my email list. That's right. the main goal right now. MartyRayProject.com email list so that because the greatest the greatest enemy of an independent person, whether you're an artist or a podcast or anything, the greatest enemy is a corporate algorithm. Cause yep. we, that's what we battle. We have to pay them or whatever. Even if like somebody talks about vanity metrics, they say your numbers on there. They, they, you, you hear this on clubhouse. They'll say 
your your followers and your numbers are vanity metrics. And I say, that's true. But the problem with that is you have to have that number has to be bigger for your organic reach to be bigger because your organic yes. reach is shrank to, 100%. to almost nothing. So the bigger your big number gets, the bigger your organic reach gets. So it means something other than just saying, hey, look at me, you know. So anyway. Yeah. I know 100% agree to that. I mean, a lot of people don't, they don't understand the, the metrics on how that actually, the algorithm works. But when you're, I know because my real account, the one when it got hacked, I had probably close to around like 230,000 or something followers or something like that. When I had that, I had a blue tick and all that jazz and got hacked and I had to get taken down. So obviously we were working on that. But the, the reach was re- insane on that. I can post a picture of my cat and it will go like pretty... <laughs> You know what I mean? Everyone's resharing it and doing a bunch of things. I'm like, what the hell? How many? Why are they liking the cat? Like, what? what you know what I mean? Like, 10,000 likes. I'm like, what the hell? I was like, I don't even like the cat that much. <laughs> I knew you was a cat guy. Well, I grew up a dog guy. And then I got. And you shaved the beard. You got a cat. Yeah, yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Right? So that's some crazy Madness. stuff, man. It's lovely you picked up on that. <laughs> like, I knew you would be a cat guy. <laughs> You know, cat. I had. To, that's why I had to cut my beard off, man. I was like, you know, the cat can live up in my beard and get lost. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense now. <laughs> Every day. Oh man, that's some funny stuff, man, bro. Like, what's going on with, like, your? I know you got tickets coming out for in Tampa. You got Tampa show coming. Was it March something? March eleventh. March Tampa 11th, show. The show in Tampa at Side Splitters uh, Comedy Club. It's SideSplittersComedy.com. The Tampa, there's two locations, the one in Tampa, March 11th. The tickets are $20 a piece. I don't know what my, like I was saying earlier, I don't know what my fan base is there. So we'll see. See if right. I can sell 250 tickets. It's a really nice place. You got tables. Every every seat has a table. It's not like a come in stand up type situation. So it's a place where I would go to a concert for sure. Right. So the, the reason why I asked you about that and then circling back to the podcast I mean, you mentioned that, you know, co-hosts cut, you know, some of the co-hosts kept quitting. Why do you think they were quitting? They didn't see the value into it or like, what was the, or they, did they not just give you a reason? I'll tell you a funny story. Okay. The first co-host was my cousin and he was my little cousin and he started, he was driving down from his house to do the podcast at my studio in my office. I'd built a studio and, uh, I'm the one I put up every bit of the money. I, I, I'm the one who was booking the guests and all these things. And I had just met Darius Rucker about a week prior to starting this podcast. And it, my, my cousin, he collects, uh, he collects autographs. He likes autographs. And uh, so I, so I got him an autograph from Darius Rucker uh, when I met him. And uh, we, I had this picture there. It was the first time we recorded the show. And we recorded uh, three episodes that day because we always record. I do the same thing now. I record four or five episodes in one day and mm. release them weekly. And uh, someday I hope that I can that I can uh, get a team to where I can just do it weekly and everything's live on time. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Be beautiful. But um, won't be able to do that for a long time because without a team because – it's impossible to with, with everything I have going on, everything Chris has, because Chris is a hit songwriter. Yes. hundred you know? percent. He's written number one hit song. So anyway, the point is my cousin, I handed him that picture and we were sitting there after we had recorded. He looks at the picture and he goes, 
wouldn't it be something if someday we got Darius Rucker on the show? I said, man, what do you mean someday? I said, we can, that can happen, happen next week. That happens next week. <laughs> now, I didn't know it. I didn't know it at the time. I, I didn't even ask him. Uh, but Darius Rucker didn't really know me. I just met him with some uh, uh, meet and greet tickets, right? That's mm-hmm. the only reason I met him. It wasn't like I met him. Somebody introduced me. Hey, it's my good friend, Marty. But none of that. It was just a meet and greet. That's all. And uh, I got the autographed picture. And I said, bro, I said, I said, that can happen at any moment. That, that stuff like that can happen. He goes, he goes, yeah, well, he ain't going to come on some small time show like this. And I said, I said, all right. I said, we'll see. And he, he, he gave up on the show almost he, after that first recording. He never came back to record again. Oh, wow. So then I immediately got my little brother to come on and be, be the co-host. And I got Darius Rucker on. And two weeks later, Darius Rucker was on the uh, podcast and i sent that to my cousin in the episode and it was still to this day probably one of the funnest episodes i ever did like as far as conversation and everything my i said i said you said it couldn't happen two weeks later it did and i told you it could and uh he never responded matter of fact didn't talk to me for a long time (laughs) well damn me i don't know why you're mad at me bro right i'm trying to show you to believe different to have a little faith, man, because look at this. I said, we had nothing. We we had no 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 podcast, no real downloads coming in at the time. And uh, but back then we we did pretty good for a podcast in 2007, you know. Mm-hmm. We were doing pretty good. And it actually it was easier, it seemed like back then than now to get the downloads. It's because it, 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 it people say. It's a saturated because it's obviously the growth and whatnot. There's a method behind the madness. Like, well, I don't know the method. That's the problem. Well, now. that's why that's what led Back me then. to obviously, yeah, that's what led me to you know buying out those other those brands and then moving over to Winject Studios and having massive success with that. But you mentioned having a team and all those things behind. That's what we do. Do you know what I mean? So that that's a definitely a possibility on. Like you taking your show and going live each day and having a live broadcast, you're having a conversation just like this with me. Like, so the perfect example, like I'm having a conversation with you right now after we hit off and we're done with this, that's going to go right into my Google drive and it's going to go right into the thing. My team was going to start working on it. They'll put together show notes. They'll put together, they'll put together links. They'll put together other stuff. They get it back over to me and probably in the next like two like two to three business days and whatnot. And then I do the intro and I, cause I just had the conversation with you. I do the intro and I do the promos and I do all those stuff. And that takes me, you know, 50 minutes, of, like probably like 15, 20 minutes of my time. And then I move on and everything's done. So, yeah. but that's if, the dream. That, that's the dream. I, it, I hope to be as, as big as you someday. No, oh, come on, man. <laughs> come, come on, man. Hey, no, I really do. No, it's it, well, that's what I'm saying. It's not gonna, it's not a hope, it's a, it's a possibility that you already put it I out. I believe into... it's a possibility. I see it in right. my future, no question about it. I see, the, right? And when I say team, I don't just mean like that, I, virtual. I mean a team like people well, behind you. Yes, 100%. There's producers, there's people booking guests. I can just tell them who I want. They go find the guest and use my name to do it or whatever they got to do, but. Uh, use my numbers, whatever they got to do. I, but all that stuff is what just it inundates you, and that's where pe- most people give up. See, is because it's like, man, this is a heavy load. This is a lot to bear on one person. Yeah. And right now, just to be honest, the majority of that is on me right now because Chris, I love Chris to death, and he's awesome. But 
he's got a lot going on too. And, and yeah. without without there being money being generated through this podcast yet, it's hard to get somebody to tell somebody, hey, if you'll push with me, we'll be we're gonna be we're gonna be making a lot of money. We're not not just you and me, but we're we're gonna have a team of people making money too with us at some at some point. I promise right. you. Nobody sees the, the vision like I do. See, can you expand on that and like what your thought process of putting yourself in your into that type of world? Well, I'm definitely not quite as visualize the future type person like a lot of people are, because I'm a I'm a live in the now man. Sure. Uh, because the Bible says, take no thought for tomorrow, but it ain't talking about. It's talking about worrying. Mm-hmm. So I don't worry about tomorrow. But I do think about tomorrow. See, yeah. that's the way I do it. Okay. I'm going to live now because if I if I focus, if I say, if I if I and this has been me in the past. Now I will tell you, if I say I have to, I have to win a Grammy, and I'll do whatever it takes to win that Grammy. Then if I start telling myself that, then I might just do whatever it takes to win that Grammy, and that ain't a good thing. To do. I don't I don't advise anyone to say they'll do whatever it takes because that means that you're going to give up morals. You're going to give up family. You're 100%. going to give up friends. You should not be willing to do whatever it takes for any career, any, mm-hmm. any, any money, because we don't serve money. Money serves us. That's right. So that's the way I look at it. I look at the, what I look at. Hey, I always do it in this, this manner. I know that I, I know that I was put here to do, to sing and write songs. God put me here to do it. So ultimately I, I pray that my vision Lines up with his will. That's what I pray today. Hundred percent. Let my vision for the podcast and for the music line up with what you designed for me to do, because it can go south, and I could be rich, but it could still go south, and I'm rich. I would rather be poor and with my friends and family than filthy rich and have nobody. Exactly. So I I love that. I love that you just said that, and and I feel the same way about. Like I and I was telling this, I can't remember what show I was on. I know I was on a show. I get a little chatty, right? So I was on a show and I was talking about this and I was saying, you know, he does everything through me because I'm his vessel. He does it through me. He's I'm he's he's there. He just does it through me as a vessel for now. That's I think, right. but I'm a hundred percent aligned in who I should be. But he's going to but him doing and serving through me, me as that vessel. I'm going to end up, you know, turning myself into the person that he visualized for me. You know what I mean? It's like, that was his intention. Like, and and I can peel it all the way back to my sister, my older sister that passed away. I learned how to communicate non-verbally with her. That was a gift that she gave me. That wasn't an accident, but I learned that that was a gift. I stopped seeking externally on why, why, why. I transferred that why to try. Like that, not, I'm not a why me guy. I'm a try me guy. But the only thing it does matter, you mentioned now, only thing matters right now, this second. That's the only thing that matters in this world is now. That's right. Past is past. That's history. I mean, that's the stuff. That's events and feelings and emotions. But once you learn how to rechannel and realign all this stuff and you're focusing on right now, you can execute. And executing is that's where it comes from your thoughts. You have to learn how to direct your thoughts into a positive outlet. If it's positive and you're aligned on who you should be, then he's going to give you those rewards and those gifts and those blessings. That's why I call it a blessing. Mm-hmm. People don't understand. People just think, oh, that's, that sounds great. Blessing. No, that was there's a, there's a purpose behind why it says 
blessing because there's you're also, doing right. Go yeah, ahead. There's Stand also work. There's also work involved because yes. Um, if you if you think about what Jesus said, right? He said, "Go to your father in secret, and openly he will reward thee." Right? And what if you look at Jesus' life, you look at how he was in the garden, and he was praying vehemently till the the Bible says in he, his sweat was as blood. That's how hardly he was praying. So that was the work. He's putting the work in and praying, if this cup can pass, let it pass, right? Three times he prayed that. And then what happened? He was he was vehemently praying. He went out there in a face of death. He was calm. He was calm. There was no worry, no problem. He was just calm. That's because he reaped the reward of his work. And that's yep. the same way with everything you do. The work, people don't see the work, see? I love the, the depiction of the, uh, the tree, right? All the roots mm-hmm. under this, this beautiful tree that's full of fruit. And there's these, there's these massive amount of roots that stretch far as the eye can see that people don't see. People don't see those, though. But if they could look beneath the ground, they could see roots that go out, as, like I said, as far as the eye could see. But they can't yeah. see it because they just see what's above the ground. Mm-hmm. And they go, man, I wish I was that person. I wish I wish I had what they have, but they don't think about all the work. They don't know nothing about all the work that went in to getting what these, those people have. So I like how you said people don't, people, it, it takes work, right? Cause that's Hard, exactly yeah, yeah. the truth. Sacrifice, sacrifice and everything, but you have to keep putting yourself in those positions and seeing that that work is, is going to allow you to put yourself in the right position to be in that present moment to execute. Like they'll, right. they'll look at, they look at, you know, my, the success that I've had right over the years, I, I look at that at just every person I've ever come in contact with. This is a shared legacy. So when my parents look at me, they should see them like the person that be an investing into. Yeah. I've done some great things. I haven't scratched the surface brother. Like I'm, I'm moving. Like I'm not building, I'm not doing this to make money. I'm doing this to make an impact. I'm trying to serve people. I'm trying to make an impact and I'm trying to inspire people that they can achieve anything they've ever wanted out of life. But in order, they have to hold themselves accountable to what has happened. Like, and that's where, where they talk about people that have alcohol problems and drug problems. I'm not, this is some, this is a sickness. I get it. But what I'm saying, they have more of a me problem. That's what they have. That that's just something they're numbing themselves with, but they'll, mm-hmm. When they're looking at a book, there's a lot of books. I've, I've gained so much knowledge in reading, reading books and books and books and books and books and go, Chris, how are you able to do what you're doing? Your, your mind is a very powerful thing. If you feed it the right information and all that information I've taken in over the years, I'm, you couldn't, I couldn't tell you every book that I've read and all the information subconsciously because subconsciously it's there. And when, if I'm put in a situation where my back's against the wall and I need that for survival, it's going to give me that information. And I put in the work. Like just like you're going on stage and just like you're doing you're on your podcast show, you turn that dang light on. I'm you're live and in, you're ready. I'm locked in. Because you put in the work. Other people they need to script, they need to sell <laughs> you know what I mean? They they're not the they're not the person who they say they are until they open. I know that by the way they open their mouth and the way I'm able to gauge their energy, right? So I mean, it's easy for you know people like us, right? They go, oh, yeah, it's easy for you guys because you're there and you're, you're you've done so much and yeah, put in the work. Well, what does that work look like? You got to uncover your true gifts. Do you agree that? Would that be true? Like, what's your true gift? What's your 
What are the things you already possess inside of you for you to shed the layers to discover that for yourself? I just said this uh, last night. I told you I, ta- I was speaking at the uh, the pod fest. Yeah. And I just said this. I said, I said, I encourage everyone because there's people out here that feel like they don't have a purpose. And mm-hmm. that's where depression sets in. Yeah. And then suicidal thoughts and then alcoholism and, and drug abuse, so on and so forth because of lack of purpose. And I know that your purpose, your real purpose from God is to create. God yes. is a creator. He created us in his image. And that image was a creator. So if you, if you find what he put you here to do and you create and you do that every day, you will find purpose and not just for yourself because you're not here for yourself. God, mm-hmm. God puts us here for each other, not just for ourselves. So mm-hmm. like you're here for me and I'm here for you. 100%. So by me, by me fulfilling and, and, and not burying the talent that he gave me, it not, it's not just helping me to, to fulfill my purpose. It's helping other people to be inspired, to be like, I've had, I can't tell you the amount of messages and I'm not bragging here, but I can't tell you the amount of messages that I have had of people sending me a message saying, I was going to kill myself. Yeah. hundred percent. But too. your that music, your me away. music yeah. came on. Oh man. That's beautiful. And stopped me. And I'm thinking, I have to tell him right now. I said, look, that ain't me. That's God. That's God doing that. He's doing it. He's using me. Like you said, you're a vessel. I always say I'm a conduit and I want to be a conduit for, for the, for the glory to flow through me. I want to make sure that, that I am, that I am being the best servant that I can, that I don't think I'm better than anybody. Because that's mm-hmm. a problem people get with success, you know. They start thinking they're better than somebody, like they really are special. And that's that's not the case. You're nothing. Yeah. Without without having a servant's heart, you're nothing. And if you only serve the people that can help you, then you're not really serving. You're serving Oh, yourself. man, you're speaking You're speaking freaking gold. I was just, and it's so funny that you just had a conversation about this and speaking this. I swear to God, we're so aligned, man. It's ridiculous. Because I was having a conversation, and I actually – I wouldn't say irritated the panel, but I kind of do that anyway. You know, my personality been around long enough. I was saying the, you know, I was saying to the, 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 to their guests and they asked me the question about imposter syndrome and whatnot. Like, have you ever experienced that? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have those feelings because I'm hundred percent aligned. I have to put myself in a position where I'm, rechanneling, realigning mind, body, spirit. I pray. And and if he doesn't give me, and I'm listening to my intuition and my intuition is a very calm voice and it comes to me. I don't know what I need to do every day, but it comes to me. He speaks through me if I'm, if I'm tuned into the right station. So mm-hmm. when you got uh, some of these guys are talking about they're serving, but they're only serving to the people that pay the money that they want to obviously receive for whatever Boom. they're selling. Boom. Or they'll serve somebody like you, you hear this on clubhouse all the time. They'll come into these big rooms and it'll be like Grant Cardone or somebody that they're sitting on stage with. And Grant Cardone will say, what do you want? And they'll say, I just want to help you. I want to serve you and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, but you ain't saying that to the, the thousand other audience members. Exactly. Though. I treat every person the same. I don't care if you have a dime in your pocket, or you have a hundred million. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the same respect. Someone else gave me a long time ago and give it in, in allowing me an opportunity to speak my voice and to say if, something, speak my message. If you won't, if you don't serve that way, then you're not serving. You're actually just selfishly giving to yourself because it's like, if I say, I just want to help you, Chris, but I know that you can help me. Then I'm not, I'm really just helping me. 
by helping. Exactly. You. Exactly. But yes, when I yeah. when I go to the homeless man on the street and I say, "How can I help you?" I know this person can't help me, and I can never get that back. The only way I get that back is in the sky. When 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 Jesus says, "When when the when when I was hungry, you fed me." When I needed clothes, you gave me clothes. When I needed a place mm -hmm. to live, you gave me a place to live. That's where you get your reward from. That's what true servant servitude is. You get in there, you get into that mindset, and you start seeing God open doors that you could never have opened. That's what's happened with my life. The, yeah. the proverb that fits me so well, you used to live on my phone, is uh, Proverbs 18, 16. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. That's exactly what my life is. Wow, that's the only that. reason I'm here talking to you. That's the mm -hmm. only reason I performed with, with uh, Vanilla Ice. It's the only reason B.B. King himself grabbed me by the hand and looked up at me in the eye and said, I enjoyed playing for you tonight. That he made me sign my very first album before I had any fans. I had no fans. He made me sign my very first album to him. The very first album I ever made. This little that's short so amazing. EP. He goes, sign this to me. And I signed it to, to Mr. B.B. King, Marty Ray. And I hand that to him. He puts that in his coat. And we take a picture. I got the picture hanging on my wall. We take a picture. He puts it in his coat. And he, he goes, I want you to know I cherish this. I never That's met B.B. King again. You tell yeah. me that ain't God, bro. He did. And that was a guy was speaking through him as a vessel to speak to you and not giving up and keep I pushing. I a story. It's a long story. but I, could, I would love to hear it. I would love to hear now? it. Yeah, yeah, I would love to hear it. Yeah. Let me tell you this. This is gonna this this sounds untrue. This sounds unbelievably. This sounds unbelievable. This sounds like a movie, like I'm writing a script, but I'm not. I call myself, I call myself a collector of stories. So BB King, I'll try to make it as quick as possible. BB King, fine. when I was when I was uh first starting in music, I thought, hey, I got this album. Uh no fans, like I said, I didn't have any fans, but I took the last three thousand dollars that I had and I, I said I'm not going to look back and regret. I'm going to take the shot, right? I'm going to, I'm going to go and take the shot. Love that. And it'll be up to God. I, I told God, I said, look, if you put me here to do this, then you bring the fruit. I'll put the effort. You bring the fruit. He said, all right, I'll honor the effort. Cause he does. He honors effort. He don't honor laziness. He don't honor it, but he honors effort. So I put forth the effort and he bring the, he brought the fruit. Now, when I made this album, I was, I thought, well, if I can just take this album and give it to a bunch of big time artists, if I can just get it, because I had a way to meet them. See, I had a buddy that was over the entertainment. He was booked the entertainment at, at Gold Strike Casino. So every time there was somebody there, he said, hey, you coming to the show? I can get you backstage. I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there. So I'd bring my album and I'd hand it to him. Nothing ever happened, though. No, no, nothing ever happened from that. And as a matter of fact, I never got nothing from it besides stories, some great stories. But I got stories. And this is one of the best stories in the world. And, and I'm probably the only one that has it. Um, I was sitting on the front row of B.B. King's concert, and he I'm sitting there just vibing, you know, just, just you know, bah, 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 you know, and then I, at the in the middle of his show, man, now I got to preface it with, at the beginning, B.B. made them turn the entirety of the house lights on. So it was like, it was like daytime inside the, the, the theater. This was theater city. So I'm sitting there vibing. And B.B. stops the show. I didn't even know why he was stopping. He goes, hold on, everybody, hold on. Stops the entirety of the show. This is the middle of the play, middle of the show. He looks over, points at me. He goes, as long as that man right there is having a good time, so am I. And I'm going, 
what <laughs> out of body experience you're like is he pointing at me <laughs> yeah everybody was looking at me like who is this guy he must be from a record label or something right they, they had no clue and and i was like oh man and he goes thrill is gone away and i was like oh son why did that just happen so this was not to, this was on the cusp of me giving up yeah. right i was about done i was at the end of my rope with this i said this ain't gonna happen this album's not doing anything. I've handed this album to so many people. Nobody said anything. Nobody's done anything. I think this is my last show I'm going to. I'm not going to hand this thing out anymore. God said, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And he, he used B.B. King, the king. And it started there. So he pointed at me. He does that. At the end of the show, this, this story gets crazy. At the end of the show, he lets, B.B. Uh, wants the fans to come to the, the stage, you know, cause he's used to playing that way. And, uh, since I was on the front row, I wanted to let everybody else that didn't get front row experience to get in front of me. So I let everybody get in front of me up on the stage. BB finishes his show. He has these guitar picks, which as you know, are very light. Yep. And he tries to throw them to the fans. The fans are getting up on the stage, trying to get the picks. The, the, the security guards are throwing them off the stage. BB's getting mad cause he loves his fans. He's saying, Hey, stop that. I'm giving them them picks. And so he gets mad. He pulls off his gold bracelets and necklace and throws it to the fans on because he, he knew it could reach it. And at that moment, I'm thinking, I should have got on front of that stage, man. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Selfishly, I'm thinking, I could today, to this day. I have a gold I, bracelet, yeah. To this day, Chris, I would be showing you this gold bracelet in this interview. But my story is better than theirs still because mm. afterwards – we're being led now. There is about 50 people that are claiming their BB's family that are being led back, that are back being led backstage. And then I'm, and then me, right? There's 50 of his so-called family and then me, and it might've been family. I don't know. So it's a dark little narrow. It's a very narrow way hallway right there by the stage. And we're being led with a flashlight in front of us, just down at our feet. I'm walking. There's a row of security guards standing there with their arms crossed and as I'm walking by, BB, as I'm walking by these security guards, I can't see nothing. Here comes this massive hand reaching in between these security guards and grabs my hand after everybody passed, grabs my hand, is pulling me towards these security guards. At the time, I know I don't know who what's happening here. I don't know right. who's got my hand. I'm being pulled toward these security guards. The, the security guards are like, you got to move on. What are you doing? I said, somebody's got a hold of my hand right here. Look down here. And somebody had a hold of my hand. They, they part. B.B. King sitting right no there in a wheelchair wow. pulls me up to him and he goes, I want you to know that I enjoyed having you tonight. And I said, I just, what? You know what I'm saying? What do you, what do you forget? Why? Why is this happening at all these people? And I had a B.B. King album and he goes, what you got there? And I said, that's a, uh, that's an uh, old album of yours that, that yeah. I love. And he goes, he goes, boy, I sure was a handsome man then. And I said, you're still pretty to me. You're still pretty to me. And he uh, said. Uh, good old Marty he, Ray, buddy. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And he said he was mad at the security guards. So he said, hold this flashlight. He was being rude with them. And I, I didn't blame him because they were being hateful to the fans, you know. And uh, he said, hold this flashlight, talking to them. And he held the flashlight. And he said, uh, I'm going to sign this. You want me to make this out to anybody? I said, just your name is, a, is an honor for me, Mr. King. And so I had my guitar, 
Now, I have a Martin guitar. And uh, after that, he said, I'll see you back there. That's what he said. And so he went back to the green room, and I'm waiting in this line. I'm at the end of this line thinking, this is my best chance to get B.B. King to sign my guitar. And uh, there's people that, are, like I said, there's family members going in there with guitars that are not Gibson guitars being turned away mm, because right. he's contract. he was apparently contractually obligated to only sign Gibson because that's what Lucille was, a Gibson. So they were being turned away. And I was thinking, I got this Martin guitar, and I am not going to get BB King's signature right. to cap off this incredible story. That that's what I want. And at the time, I, I didn't even really play the guitar that well. I just spent a lot of money on this guitar to make an investment in myself to make myself learn. Right. That really is where it began. So then I wait in the, I wait in this line at the very end of this line. Uh, the, I'm I'm like the the last person about to go in, I see BB's energy is just zapped. He's just zapped. He's just sitting there. Right. And he, and he, he, he takes the picture. He does a smile. When I walk in, as soon as I walk in, he looks at me and goes, hey, my friend. Wow. Like and it, still, I'm going, hey, my friend. He's like, you're, you're, just, you're probably just like, I don't know how, what, what's going on. You know what I mean? I like, no why, clue, why is this happening? Yeah. Even when I tell the story, I've told it so much. It's so crazy to even try to think that this could be anything other than God himself saying, you better keep going. You better keep going. I'm using, I'm going to use literal Kings. Like I said, Proverbs, that scripture, great men. I'm going to use great men to lift you up when nobody else will. And this is what was happening. So I walk in. That's powerful. He lights up. I hand him my guitar. He looks up at the head of it. Says Martin on it. He looks back at me, smiles. He says, "I'm gonna sign it anyway." BB <laughs> King on Man. my guitar. That's a big my- deal. I want everyone to hear, understand this. That's a big deal. Like that's a huge deal. Yeah, huge because, deal. Like I said, I was watching people be turned away. They were right. walking out with their guitars, and they were sad. You know, and I ain't sad. You know, I'm, I'm happy. But if the story ended right there, it was any if the story ended at any place? Of all that I just told, it's it's a phenomenal story. Mm-hmm. But to, to cap it off is, is what I just told you earlier. I hand BB my album, and he goes, well, well, well. That's you, huh? I said, that's me. And he said, uh, he, he said, who's got that Sharpie? And I thought he wanted me to sign it. I thought he I thought he thought right. I wanted him to sign it. Yes. And I was like, no, no. I said, no, that's for you. He said, I know who this is for. And he said, give me that Sharpie. And he gave me, the, he, they, somebody brought him the Sharpie back. He handed it to me. He said, I want you to sign this to Mr. B. Wow, man. And I'm almost, I was almost in tears. I could cry now, bro. I was almost in tears in front of B.B. King. I was thinking, why is this happening? I don't, he doesn't know me. Like, what kind of, what kind of kindred spirit is he feeling here? And yeah. so I signed this thing. He holds it up. We take the picture which like I said, still hangs on my water this day. And he takes it, he puts it in his, in his, uh, jacket. And that was it. You know, he was like, I'll see, I'll see you down the road. Never saw him again. Never talked to him again. Wish I would have, but I like to think that he rode with that on his tour bus to the day he died. Mm -hmm. He probably, I mean, he, he sounds like he sounded to me from that. And, and, and there's a couple other, like, I guess you would say, um, stories, not of the, obviously that type of crazy. That's just powerful. 
but God speaks to you if you're if you at the right times, if you understand it and just alone for a couple of minutes and and pay attention to the message. But it's a it's a you got to pay it. And sometimes it's like right in your face, just like the, what obviously it was seem that seemed like that to you. There was a time in my life where I had a really I was going through a really rough time, and it, it just happened. But this that so, thank you so much for sharing that, man. Like I, I tell it to anybody that'll listen if they say they got time to listen. Like I said, it's a long story, but I don't like leaving any of it out. No, so, you shouldn't leave. No, it just, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing that kind of like really struck me was the 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 time when you were saying that he grabbed your hand and he was pulling you through the security guards. Isn't that crazy? It, it, it's so think about that for a second. It almost shook me up. That I mean, you could have just easily from think about as in society and in life, okay. There's people out there in life, just, you know, and it could be friends, could be family, could be whatever, and whatever you're holding on to, you know, it's preventing you to get through those levels and getting through those layers, right? And the you think there was an accident? That's one of your favorite problems? You think it was an accident? It's not an no, accident. It's not and an that's, accident. That's not an accident at all. And he was the one grabbing you and pull a legend. And the king was pulling literal, you through. A literal great man. Literally. Yes. Pulling you through. What was it like the first time you told that story? Could you actually try to tell the story? And be like, I don't, I don't know who the hell I'm going to tell this. Like, I can't, I can't, I don't know how I'm going to be able to, like, people will believe the story. Well, here's the thing. I had nobody to really tell it to back then. I wasn't doing podcasts. I wasn't doing a radio right. show or uh, nothing like that. People didn't want me on their show. It wasn't until I did a, a parody song called All About That Beard. Got 2 million views in a day. Next thing you know, and to be honest with you, not that that story ever left me. That uh, That's always lifted me up. That one and many others. But that was one of them. And I, I still didn't. When they would ask me things, it, like they never asked me a question to where I could, had the opportunity to tell that story. Right. It always felt rushed. Like it was always like a lot of times when you do uh, when you do interviews, they kind of rush you. You know what I mean? They, they want mm -hmm. you to, they're kind of like, and I understand that I'm not, I'm not knocking that, but you feel like, well, they don't have time to listen. This story that I tell will take up half the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I can't tell this story to them. So there's a lot of people that missed out on hearing the story that I believe could have blessed them because they were in too much of a hurry to stop and listen, you know, that's hundred percent. And even, even it goes back to, you can even angle it back to the, the story and actually you living it think about like the people just aren't going to have enough time to be able to experience something like that because they're always rushed. Always or rushed. Just think about it. if somebody grabs your hand, the nine times out of 10, you're jerking your hand away. hundred percent. That's first, you know that's the first initial reaction. That's the first initial reaction. Yeah. Not with me. Not th that moment. That's crazy. Cause he grabbed my hand and I, and it, this was a big hand, man. BB had a big hand <laughs> and he grabbed my hand and I just held on to it for whatever reason. And my and I'm not saying my initial reaction is not to just jerk away from somebody who grab randomly grab my hand. I'm gonna jerk away, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's not my common reaction, but it did not happen that day. He grabbed my hand, this random hand grabbed my hand, and I just I held on to it right back. Crazy, yeah. It was crazy, man. I um, we were literally holding hands. Me and that's so, King. What was the um, 
how many times do you think you go back and you like and you get into the everyone has weak moments we're not all like supermen right and we have our times in those weak moments where we go like man i'm not seeing the return i need to look i'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting i know how to keep pushing and i have a hard time and you start getting into that doubt and getting in your own mind right so and then I have competitive advantages and I have certain ones. One of mine, and if I can share it with you, is where, you know, they said that you know, you'll end up meeting your creator and a version of yourself that what he intended. But also during that time where he's going to reveal that version of myself and who I should have been, my sister's going to be there looking at me. And I can't look her in the face. And if I haven't give, died on me and served, I can't. That's one of my competitive advantages. And that story sounds like to me, that's one of your competitive advantages of trusting in your ability. I mean, yeah, of course you think about it more, but you're, that's what keeps you right now and keep you pushing. Like everyone has different things. Man, there's that one. And then there's, there's the moment when I, I handed my album to Charlie Daniels too. You know what I mean? And Charlie Daniels, it wasn't as incredible of a story, but it is still, they, it always came, these things always came at moments when I was at the verge of giving up. You know wow. what I mean? Like, yeah. at the verge of giving up, I'm telling God, hey, I, what is this? Like, am I supposed to keep doing this or what? I, I don't see the fruit. And so then I go to Charlie Daniels handing that album. He don't say much. I take a picture with him. He don't say much. Next thing I know, two weeks later, I get a, a tweet. He tweeted me, said, Marty Ray Project, at Marty Ray Project, listen to your album. It rocks. Wow. Charlie Daniels. I still have that tweet saved. So I, I look back on all these things that, that, that it's impossible. Matter of fact, Tracy Lawrence was one of the first times it happened. Mm. He, uh, I gave him my album. He wasn't the most cordial person. And I thought, well, that was a wasted album. I probably should have held on to that one. But, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was really thinking. But my buddy, like I said, my buddy who was over entertainment, his name was Neil. His name's still Neil, believe it or not. He's still named Neil. <laughs> who knew? Who knew that? Who knew who did he change his name? <laughs> I mean, I'd have thought, thought he would have changed it by next week. I mean, that's the thing to do. We change names about every week or something. Yeah, go ahead. I don't understand. I, I'm like, God, why is your, why is your name still Neil? It's, you, it's funny you corrected yourself because I caught it and I was about to say <laughs> So I was like, well, I'm sure. What did he, I thought he changed his name to Steve. I didn't know. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing with his life, not changing his <laughs> name. Uh, but anyway, Tracy Lawrence, I gave it to him. He got on his bus, his tour bus, and apparently played that album and got took the time to get back off his bus and go tell Neil. He said, tell that kid he's got something. Wow, man. That's so freaking then, so great. Yeah, man. And I so all those moments, and then but the biggest ones, you don't want to know what's bigger than BB King, bigger than Charlie, bigger than anything else. When I pray and I say, God, if this is as far as I'm supposed to go, yeah. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with that. Just let me know so I can get out of this rat race, man, because it's tough mm -hmm. sometimes. And man, here's what the power. biggest thing is when I say, let me know if you want me to keep pushing at this thing and I'll keep pushing. And he's literally every time, man, I'll get a message that says something to the extent of you say your music saved my life. Yeah. Literally. And then I'll get, I got one that just broke me down. And it was like, I was literally this person wanted after I prayed this, it was like the next day or two, 
this person sends me a message and they say, I literally had a gun to my head, was about to pull the trigger. <laughs> and uh, your song came on and something told me to put the gun down. And I go, well, it wasn't me telling yeah. you. They're just you know he's I mean? using he's using he's using that as a, as a voice for you to in a vessel to obviously speak to you like you have to. I'll, I'll tell you one story and and not to to do anything. I'm just going to just share this with you because you and you will catch it and you'll know this, but it blows your mind. Um, most people know that obviously I've been in a battle of putting myself in the right situation. You know of me being able to spend a lot more time with my daughter. Okay, and they go you know you know how like that stuff is is, is very strenuous and on you, especially if it, things don't, you know, the system, the way the system is, you know, how like in, in the States there's a lack of system, same here. It's awful. So, um, God willing. And I, and I, I put myself, he put me in a position over 14 months ago that he shook my world and what he was doing, he was shaping me for the person, you know, a, a different version. You know what I mean? Of myself. Not when I wasn't living a, a poor life. I wasn't, I was, I was, doing very well, but I was bought into the identity of being successful as the money and the riches and stuff like that. I kind of lost myself a little bit and do it. And, and it's easy. It's easy to fall down that hole. But then when it forced me and it humbled me and it put me in a position where it's like my back was against the wall. And that's when you really truly find, you know, and I've always said this to my family. I mean, my mom says this a lot that, you know, and she, she looks at me now and she's like, I don't know how you're, you're able to overcome it. And I don't know how you're able to do it. And I was like, I, you know how mama, you know exactly how, because we're, we're built for this. We're built for this. You know, our lives were, you know, it's my mom would always say she was adopted twice, eight back surgeries, beat cancer. My sister, you know, my dad working his heart, you know, I come from, you know, obviously the good, really solid, good family, but a hardworking family and a meaningful when they taught me all the right things that I needed, nothing with money. And she would always say, Marty, man, she would say, you know, why is it always so hard for us? Why is everything's got to be so difficult for us and so hard our life? I was like, you stop asking why, but like, look at, look at for the reason. I look at it as that's, that serves a purpose of the overall vision on the person I, who I need to be and the person he's shaping me for. And I understood that then. And sometimes oh, yeah. when. Sometimes in life, when you're put in that position and all the hard work and you do see the end result. So I'll, I'll fast forward the story a little bit. Get to the court date for me to be able to, you know, obviously go through that. And of course, you'll you'll hear some horrible things about yourself. And be like, I don't even know who that person they're talking about, but that wasn't me. But but I stayed true to the course and I held fast and stayed true to myself because now you're talking about somebody. I don't know who you're talking about. I'm, I'm you know, I'm me and. That if I have an opportunity to be able to do it, and of course, good always prevails. Good always will prevail if you put yourself in the right position. Wouldn't you know, we had a break and went to lunch. And then I was able to come back and whatnot. I didn't know the, what was going to happen in the case. Went out to lunch. and But I, you know, of course, in that type of moment, you know, you kind of sick to your stomach a little bit. You're not hungry, right? So I went and got a water and kind of like called my mom. Of course, thing to do, right? <laughs> Call your mom. And I'm talking to my mom. I'll talk to my mom every day. Um, and... I was telling her, you know, what was happening in the case. I don't want to get emotional. Um, there's a food truck, okay, outside. And I went up to get a, get a thing of water. I bought a water and a coffee. And I just happened to glance over. And it was a, and it was a, 
uh, a man, and I think he's probably in his mid twenties, but he was in a wheelchair and he ordered a sandwich. And I just happened to, something told me to get off the phone. You know what I mean? And, and just to kind of sit there for a minute and I can notice in his, in his hands, well, it's like, you know, like, what do they call the pouches? Like they're called with the fanny packs or whatever they're called, but he had it on his chest and he was going in there and you could definitely tell. And he was like, he was counting pounds. They're pounds here. They're called pounds of dollars, but they're like little silver, like um, little gold, little things. Right. So it was like the coins and pence and the different things. Anyways, but he was counting. You could definitely tell he was counting how much money he had. Oh man. And so I asked the guy, you know, I kind of pulled him off to the side. I was like, how much money was his sandwich? You know what I mean? He was like, how much is his food? <clears throat> and he said, uh, he's like, he's already paid for it. Right. And now, and it triggered my mind and it was him looking at his, he was seeing how much money he had left. I was like, I want you to buy. I said, I want, so I want to buy his sandwich, whatever. I said, can you give it back to him? But don't give it to him right now. And just give him my coffee and give him that. I don't want to know him to know. But something said to me, in my mind, that was my sister saying, I'm, I'm, I got you, man. I'm right here. You know, like you're not alone, you know, of right. me being alone in, that, in this country has been really hard, you know, and right. I, I got you. I'm here, you know, sure I haven't told anybody the story. Um, damn. And, and wouldn't you know it, you know, I went back in there and I, and I told myself, I'm not going to allow someone to, dictate my future and you know what I mean? And to tear me down, I know who I am. And you know, and, and I, I know he was probably grateful for that, but that was, you know, 10 bucks or whatever it was. I don't even know. Like wasn't about that. It was, I looked at it as a sign and I knew that everything will be okay. You know what I mean? So, right. And then when that happened, I went back in and so just showed it and they were like, Oh, everything's done. We're going to dismiss all these other things. And, you know, and you, you know, we'll start the process, obviously, for you to get your daughter. And, you know, and I was, and ah, man, it just, it blows me away. Right. So you, so you, you went back in and they were and like, Yeah, well, they're, 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 yeah, they're, I didn't even have to like, you know, defend myself. They knew that she was, you know, obviously everything worked out. That was a, that would seem like a, you know, a test. You know what I think I'm so too. Uh, I think so too. I think it yeah. was him saying, oh, let's see if he's really ready for it. Yeah. Let's see if he's a servant. If he's, if he's listening, if he's sensitive to my voice, man, because you know, what's funny is so many people, you ever heard the song, uh, I want to be tried by fire. Mm-hmm. Purify. You take whatever you desire. Lord, here's my life. So people saying that, right? And then the Bible talks about being tried by fire. But when the fire comes, the only thing people pray for is get me out of this fire. Mm. Right? They don't pray, Lord, help me, let me know how to how to strive in this fire for you. Because I'm in this. I'll stay in this fire as long as you need me to. So you, in that moment, you were already in the fire and you learned in that moment how to strive in the fire. Mm-hmm. So then he took you out of the fire that quickly. That's pretty amazing. Right. It's, um, it's awesome. You have to live. It's like, um, and I, I always say this to my, my, my dad, my dad's, I, I can tell you, I'm so blessed. I'm such a blessed individual, you know, um, hardest working man I've ever seen in my life. And, 
heart of gold. Um, but I, I talked to him on the phone. He goes, I told you everything was going to work out because I'm, I'm proud of you. My dad doesn't tell just that type of man, you know what I mean? Tell you, he's proud of you. But that was the only time he was being like, you know, all the things you've done and you've always been a, a really a hard, strong-minded individual, but this would have broke me. You know what I mean? So this process, um, and then, you know, of course I, I tell you off camera, all the things that I had to overcome. And, but at the time where it took a year, you know, a process of going through, but I forced myself to lean into the adversity and then feel, not feel, just feel. I wanted to emerge myself so much into that pain for me to pull, you know, polarize through that next level. And that's what he was given. And all the things that are happening in my life right now, which I'm, I, 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 I'm so grateful for, extremely grateful. I don't have to do what I do anymore for a living. I get to do it because he's doing it through me. And I'm plugged into my energy source, man. Like when I'm having a conversation with you, that's how I'm meeting you. That's how we, we didn't just have a great conversations. We had a, such an impact. I felt like I was like, man, I, I knew you would show up in my life at one point. And you probably would try to say the same thing. Like, listen, I knew that was going to happen. It's not, we're, we're all we are is energy. We're energy. But in tour, in, in, until you're able to embrace that energy for what it is and, and look at the true essence of the individual and appreciate that energy for what it is at that current state, then you can say, how can I serve you? How can I help? That's what we're all here for. You mentioned it earlier. We're all here as servants. We're all here to serve the purpose and to identify your true gifts in life, to be able to play the handout the way that God intended you to play the handout. So if I see someone with a dollar in their pocket, a ten, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. It doesn't matter. That's not how I view someone. I view someone on who they should be. So my gift is being able to break through the barriers and break through these levels to get and see the true essence of you and to anyone that I'm working with and I yank that version out of them. And I'm going to give them the tools. Because it was a gift that was given to me. So, and that's what you do through your music. I mean, I get messages, not obviously in that type of way of, that's a, such a power. You know, I don't ever, like, people take these, like, messages for granted. I read every single one of them, man. And I respond to every single one. Me too. Me too. And comments. Yeah. I'll say, here's the thing. If you take where Jesus said, love others as I have loved you, and you trace that back to the, 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 the Hebrew meaning, one of the Hebrew meanings is breathe for. So if you replace that, he's saying breathe for other people as I have breathed for you. You're literally only here to breathe for other people. So the minute that people, because think about this world, the minute that people said, you know what, I'm going to breathe for everyone around me then all of a sudden your purpose is massive. Your, your purpose is great. Yes. Right. And so then at that point, <laughs> at that point, there's never a time when you can really say, man, I just ain't fulfilling anything now because you're out here serving truly because you're out here breathing for people. You know that you're needed. Yep. You know, you're needed out here right. anyway. No, I, I just appreciate I appreciate you so much, man. I mean, you're putting me, uh, giving me an opportunity. Well, obviously, going off of what you said in your story, I'm blessed. And I'm honored to, to hear that, and it gives me a lot. I, I needed to hear that story 
And that story Likewise on yours. I, I needed to hear it because, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I was saying to another friend of mine, I was saying, um, I said, you know, that you become a dangerous person if you go through some times in your life alone and you come back better. You just become a dangerous individual. And what I mean by dangerous, that means you know the secret of happy, the secret behind everything. I just know and there's nothing in this world will ever be able to penetrate through my internal dialogue. I know who I am. I know who I'm not. And I know what I'm here to do. So if you're aligned with that vision and you're on that station and you're on tune into that, you know, that frequency and that being able to handle that type of energy, then we're here to do it. And we're here to, we're here to serve, but I will not sit next to on a panel. doesn't matter how big I get or whatever that might be. And whatever rooms that I'm able to be in, I will not allow people to sit there and, and pray on the, pray on the masses and I'm here to serve. And I will, ch- you know what I mean? I expose people like that. How I expose I expose them by asking them a lot more questions and I force them to be, I expose them that way by what comes out of their mouth and what not, what doesn't come out of their mouth. Right. I literally said that exact thing. I just told you in a room with Grant Cardone and them, I was on stage and I said, I said, it sounds like a lot of people in this, on this app are trying to serve the ones that can help them. And in that, that's, that's them serving themselves. That's all they're doing. I said, people need to, if they're going to say they're serving, they need to start serving the people that can't help them. And serve for nothing. I mean, um, I think it's Les Brown. You you obviously know Les Brown. I love him. Me too. Me too. Um, He's the only motivational guy that I actually like, to be honest with you. Me too. Um, That was my first only one. I remember having his cassette tapes. Wow, you go way back. You go way back with him. Yeah, brother. So, and he mentioned something that we're – He's always been ready. He talked about a story about his radio station. Did he? Did you hear that story when he was talking about it? He was, he was at a radio station. How he got his big break? I haven't heard the whole story, but I remember he had. I remember he was the, born hungry. That's where he his was, origin is. Yeah. Yeah, it was his born hungry, and he was like he was getting coffee and sweeping floors and doing whatever. And then the, and the radio station guy was a little drunk and he couldn't go on the show. And he was like, and he called the producer and called the people to run in the station. And was like, hey, I mean, he's too drunk to go on. He was like, well, let me call somebody else. He goes, well, call these other people and get them on the show. Well, the, to be able to cover the show. He said, I didn't call anybody. Cause like, I called my mom and I called my wife, called everybody. He's like, Hey, I'm about to go live. Yours truly you better turn on the radio stage. And he was, and he went on He's like, Hey, I'm Les Brown. I'm live. And he went on his own little pitch and went off. But and he was the rest is history. And the rest is history. He took off. That's all he awesome. needed. All he needed was a microphone or all he needed was an opportunity, but he put in the work when no one was paying attention. No one knew who he was. But he already had his pitch. He had everything. He had his opening, and he knew exactly what he was doing. And he said, hey, they turned that thing on, and he, he, they, he took off from there. I love it. I love that because what that is is that's initiative. Yes. That's something that a lot of people don't, 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 don't have. They don't mm-hmm. have initiative. But it, like a lot of people in his situation, they're, they're not like you and I. They, wouldn't have, they would have said, oh, man, yeah. I'm scared. I'll do it if you want me to do it. And they're like, no, no, we're going to get somebody. But people like us, we jump right in, baby. We don't give them a chance to say no. Yep. That's that's the way I am. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I told, I told my little brother, he wanted to do a, a some, some, something in music. And he had, he had some money, he had a bunch of money and he was, he was willing to put that money behind 
this music dream. And I said, let me tell you. And he was like, man, would you, you think I should spend this much money or whatever? I said, you spend as much money as you think you have to spend to get your music to where you want it to be. And what, mm-hmm. and if it don't happen, don't look back and regret. Do not look back and regret because you took your shot. Never regret taking a risk because life is better better lived risky than yes. live regretty. That's what I say. So I don't I'm I, not gonna live my life in regrets. I love that. You know, um, I don't know if I shared this with you. Do you know that was one of my um turning points in my my career? I went to a retirement home and I interviewed uh, people in the retirement home about one topic and that was regret. And wouldn't you know, I learned a lot that day, man. You can see the pain behind their eyes. And that, cause that was, that was the pivotal moment behind me going, I'm going to go all in on myself. I had a nice job, man. I was working, I was making about 128 a year security. You know, like it was a good amount of security for myself. I saw my, I bet that what, you know what, here's the thing that scared the crap out of me, man. I saw my future and I saw the level and I was like, probably like two tiers down from that level. Mm. And you took a risk. You I was like, look. I was going all in. Yeah. I went all in on myself. Well, here's the thing. Taking a risk is not just about making money. Yeah. Right? You just got to make an impact, impact, impact. You make could have, you could have yeah. been making 500,000 a year been miserable yep. and then you said you know what i'm gonna take a risk and i'm gonna go do something i actually love to do and then you go down to making a hundred thousand a year but you're happy that's better that's that's that's, a, yeah. that's real reward it, it, there's no reward in being a that's like, the, like again I, I live my life by the bible so the bible says what does it profit to gain the whole world but lose your soul mm-hmm. where's the profit in that and and that can be when you lose your soul that, that ain't just talking about just in the end that's talking about even on this earth, you 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 see these people and they're miserable. That's why, why, you, got, why you, you got Anthony Bourdain. Look at this. Okay, Anthony Bourdain was interviewing some astounding people and hung himself in France. You got that Kate um, Spade came out with a, a, a an affordable purse for anybody to, to luxurious looking purses and jumped out of a damn building. Let's be real. Let's come on, cuz look at like, look at Owen Wilson. Yes. At one point, at one point, he was trying to, you know, kill himself. And I'm sitting there thinking, but these people are the successful ones. They are the ones on on the top of the world. Well, that was a scary. It's scary. Here's the thing, though, bro. Like when I was put in that adversity moment, I had a choice, and the choice was I keep going down this path. I think that's what he was doing. I mean, he wasn't doing it to me to hurt me. He was doing it to serve me, and obviously through me to be able to be a more of a a powerful vessel for him to to him to polarize through me to other people. He was getting me ready. That's why what's happening. The, the Bible says again. I hate to keep preaching, but I don't hate it. But I, I I'm no, I love, no that my listeners, my listeners. That I'm a hundred percent, man. I, there's a lot of stuff that I have a conversation about. Like I don't even know who I was tuning in. I thought I was on talk to this guy. He was, <laughs> he was a freaking artist. I didn't know what's going on. But go ahead, preach, brother, preach. Well, listen, you just talked about God was was uh was doing this and doing that he was what he was doing was correcting you because the bible says who the father loves he corrects he don't he don't correct you if he don't love you so if you're getting some people don't like correction but i love correction because that that's just god saying hey i love you i need you to get right i need you to get this right and that right this ain't what you were here for it's all it was with you 
It was the father loving on you because mm-hmm. he because he that's why that's how he shows it is he corrects you. So it's a beautiful thing. I love hearing stories about a a transformation when it was already successful. Quote successful, right? Right. Yeah. I can't find the camera. Quote. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> successful. No, I, no, but it's true though. But see, I was giving off the you know I, outside looking in. Yeah, of course. I had Chris is good. He's he's done this. He's making he's multimillionaire. He's done this. He's done that. He's done this. He's done that. But outside, I was dying inside, dying inside, man. And I, yeah. I was just so can... unhappy. I was so unhappy in my life, you know, like, you know. But it forced me and it humbled me and it shook me. The only thing that I was going to be able to, I think, the only thing that probably ever would have got to me. Would been would been through obviously a daughter, you know what I mean, and bringing me down to my knees, and you know when so I, I, when I pray, I don't say, you know, like four things, you know, like people pray and they pray. I pray for just that, just you know, uh, put me in a position, you know, to do whatever you're asking me to do, and allow me to be able to have enough wisdom to know the difference between what you need and what you don't want me to do, and and allow me to. Keep shedding layers to get to the true essence of myself every single day to be powerful enough to always do what you need me to do. Do you know what I mean? And then you, these, these are the things yeah. I, I pray for peace. I pray for just peace. I just need peace. Well, see, Jesus is peace. But people, right. what people don't understand is uh, he's the peacemaker, not the peacekeeper. There's a big difference because a peacekeeper doesn't, doesn't get into conflict. Jesus did get into conflict. He wasn't scared of it. And he still ain't. It's uh, you, you. Sometimes you got to make peace. You have to make it happen. It, it, it does. It does not. You can't just keep it. There's mm-hmm. a big difference. Jesus actually threw uh, men out of with a belt, was whipping them, and he threw them out of the the temple. So that don't sound like a peacekeeper to me. Right. He's a peace. He said there will be peace in this temple. Now, what is the temple? He said you are the temple. We're the temple. Right. So if he'll do that in the in the real, the natural world when he was walking, then he's doing it right now, too. So he's doing it right in everybody. He's he's throwing. He's still it's still a violent thing sometimes to, mm-hmm. to make peace. It's not it's not always uh, patty cakes and, and fairy tales, you know. Right. So right. it, it keeps it, me in line. I love willing, it. Listen, you were talking about pr- your prayers. If people really want to really want to pray dangerous prayers start praying for god to shake what what needs to be shaken to remove what needs yep. to be removed yeah then you're going to start going because that's dangerous you uh, be ready. that is that is dangerous because this is what happened i have prayed for these things and i'm in when you don't realize that god removes people from your life because he heard conversations you didn't that's right preach it that's that's the truth and people get they get in their feelings and they say, Lord, why did you, why did you keep me from? I thought, like, I, I'm one of these people. I'm taking, talking about myself. All the, I've had so many times in my life where an opportunity would come up. Somebody would say, Hey, I'm about to blow you up in this or that. Mm-hmm. And I would say, Right on. I consider it a blessing. You're a blessing. And they are, regardless if they do what they said they was going to do or not. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I say, I can't tell you how many times this has happened in music, how many TV shows. People said we were going to make these. These are big time people with big time uh, credits and big time relationships saying we're going to make a TV show. Here's what I want you to do. Got it already. Never comes to fruition. 
there's been moments I would sit back and go, why does this always happen to me? Why is it always, why, Lord, why are you getting my hopes up just to kill them? He said, I'm not the one getting your hopes up. You said every day you're going to wake up and you're going to choose to live for me. And you said, shake what needs to be shaken and open and close what needs to be opened and closed. Wow, powerful. So the enemy, the, the enemy brings opportunities that I didn't bring you. So if you want to live for me, live for me, and I'll close the doors that don't need to be open, and I'll open the ones that need to be open. Right, you just got to walk through it. You got to walk through it. I'll walk through every one he opens. I've even tried to walk through some of the ones that he was trying to close. I'm still trying to get <laughs> Right, you know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Like, no, you said you said, <laughs> now, he said he like, he's holding the door. And I'm like, hold on a second now. I, got I, like, hey, man, I saw what was in there. Let, let me in. Let me go. I let me in just... that door. You know, it's funny you say that. That was one of my. That was one of my. It's one of my sayings that I say. Like, well, if I if it's a door is open, I'm just gonna walk in and see what's in the other side. I might as well. I mean, shoot. Right. I mean, in the, I mean, it, you leave it open. I'm gonna walk through. But I mean, th- think about you know. Also, and I'm gonna wrap up here. And I know that there's been, and I appreciate you staying a little bit longer cause just because obviously we have some connection issues in the middle. But there's there's just so much for the listeners to really understand. And I want, if you're tuning into this and you're making it all the way to the end of this, and there's so many listeners that tune in, I'm so blessed, man. Every single one. If that doesn't, these, you know, what all the information that he shared doesn't inspire, you can do anything you want to do, man. But I've, I've, I've learned so much from even more from you, man. I love you to death. This is great, man. I look forward to the future. Yeah, I love you. Rock back, bro. All right. It's going to be so much fun watching. It's going to be so much fun you know, working with each other and helping each other like win. You know what I mean? And because we're doing it for the right reasons. We're not doing it for the reason to make money. That's just the byproduct of getting the things we want out of life. Like it's, that's just going to turn us into a bigger vessel. You know what I mean? To be able to serve in a, in a larger capacity, which is great. I love it, man. Thank you. I'm thankful to you. I'm the, I'm honored to be on your show. This is your show and you're having me on. And it's a win-win. That's right. No pun intended. 